Hello, welcome to Season 1 Pod. I'm Andrew. I'm Presley. And thank you for listening. So Presley, why are we here? What's what's the premise of the show? What are we doing? So the whole premise of the show is that we watch single seasons of television, meaning that shows that were canceled after, during, uh, sometime in their first season and only got a single season made of them. Um, and that's kind of the one rule that we abide by. If it had two seasons, it was canceled, doesn't qualify for our show. Uh, and if it was like a couple episodes and then didn't make it to a full season, we also don't review those. So uh, before we dig into the podcast, because this is our first episode, because we're starting this brand new adventure together, I think it's a good idea for us to kind of introduce ourselves a little bit. So as uh, everyone knows by our brief introduction, my name is Presley. Um, I'm a software engineer, and I live up in the Seattle area of Washington. Uh, This podcast was initially my idea back in college, uh, back when I was watching some of these shows that we're going to be reviewing uh, on our our podcast. And I just knew that this was a a mine that we could dig into, that there was going to be some diamonds in the rough, that we were going to find some fun shows, and I wanted to explore it and find the right person too. Um, over the years, Andrew and I became good friends and I knew that he was the person that I wanted to make this show with. So I'll let Andrew introduce himself now a little bit as well. Yeah. So I'm Andrew, obviously I'm an IT engineer, uh, at the same company that Presley works. And that's actually funny because it's how we met. I trained Presley at the first company that we worked for together. Um, and then basically forced him to become my friend <laughs> and then um forced him to become friends with some of my other friends and now we're a happy little family um but no uh we met at work um he left i left i got a new job i made him come work with me so now we're co-workers and buddies still um and it's great and it's interesting it's funny presley has had this idea for this podcast for so long um, I didn't have any ideas for a podcast, but I always wanted to do one. Yeah, we always thought uh, it would just I'm be like a fun like, concept, right? Like, yeah, it yeah. would be a, it would be a fun concept. Like, podcasting would be fun. I listen to podcasts; very interesting. And I'm going to tell them how. No, how do we it. I think of, it's an like, interesting. Story. Started the podcast yeah. or decided to do it. So Presley and I are hanging out. We just watched, um, you know, some some legendary 16 inning baseball uh, where nothing happened, and then the Seattle Mariners lost in the playoffs. So if you can probably tell when we came up with the idea, if you want to look that up, um, and we're we're sitting at this uh, this this place that we discovered in in our area that we really like. And uh, we're drinking and talking and chopping it up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, something about my podcast idea. I told you about it. And I go, you never told me about this podcast idea. <laughs> well, to be fair, and he I might like still I... argue me. <laughs> he might still argue blue in the face. But if I would have known, I would have jumped on it right away because did I not jump on it? No, we were by the end of that session sitting and drinking at the bar. We were literally drawing uh, our logo on napkins. We were talking about fleshing we had everything out. We had a name. We had made some. We had a format. Yes. And, and so it was my faux pas. You know, I I really have loved this idea for the podcast for so long. And I've like played it kind of close to the vest. Not because I don't want to share it with people, but because like I think it's a good idea and I didn't want it to be kind of taken out from under me. Um, and, and it's yeah. something that I. I kind of felt very passionate about. I genuinely thought I had told you about it and clearly I'm wrong. I'm not trying to argue that I was right and that I had told you about it. We'll leave the arguing for the TV shows. Andrew, I think it'll be good for our listeners to know, like, you know, we, we both are big consumers of television and of movies. How, how do you go about watching your things? Uh, You know, are you a binger? Are you more of a meditative kind of guy? You know, do you watch a lot of shows all at once? Do you focus on one at a time? Tell, tell our listeners what they should expect when we're talking about a show while, while we're watching it. Uh, I watch a lot of TV. Um, a lot. I I watch a fair amount of TV. Um, I am a binger. I'll just watch 
until the sun goes down. And like on a Saturday, you'll put on your PJs, you'll get on your couch, and you'll yeah. sit and watch until the end of the day. You actually do that. Yeah, genuinely. Um, example, I hadn't seen How I Met Your Mother until I was in college. And by the time I was in college, it was 2011. Uh, and it had run already for five seasons. I watched all the way through, actually six seasons. I watched all the way through seasons one through six in two days. That I is skipped quick. all of my classes. Oh. And I watched it because it was that good. Um, okay. It wasn't, I don't recommend that. It, it wasn't the best thing I've done. Yeah. And maybe uh, not also, the way that everyone should view yeah. like six seasons of television anyway. Like, yeah, don't do that. Shows. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a binger. I like to sit down. I like to get into it. Um, I really, really, what makes a great TV show for me is character development. Yeah. Um, that for me is like one of the biggest things that I take away from a show is characters like, you know, there's a lot of great, there, there are a lot of great shows that have great character development, Breaking Bad, um, you know, I'm not going to name a shows. bunch, but, but other shows, right? And that's for me is what, what really does it. Um, I really enjoy seeing that. I really, really enjoy, and you're probably going to hear me talk about it a lot, chemistry between the main characters and the team. I like seeing the group dynamic really thrive and I like seeing odd pairs happen and things like that. And I like seeing those relationships develop as well. Like I, I'm just, I'm, I'll watch just about any show as long as there's good plot development, character development and team chemistry or actor chemistry. Okay. So Presley, now it's your turn. You tell me, how do you watch TV? What kind of things do you look for in a show? How do you usually rate what makes a good show? Yeah, I think for me, I'm less of a binger than I think you are. You know, I can binge a show, and if I'm really, really into it, I, I will maybe get into it. I'm more of like a two-episode-a-night kind of guy with a beer, enjoy enjoy it after work. And I, I think that for me, it really falls down to – I think characters are always important in the shows, but I also think like the relationships and the way that they're fleshed out are always important, uh, and, and the ways in which I – can either relate to or sympathize or get in the shoes of another character um, is one of the bigger uh, qualities that I really enjoy. I'm also such a visuals guy. Uh, you know, I'm a former photographer and graphic designer. And so like seeing the way that the show is made and physically looks and is presented uh, the soundtrack, the audio, how everything combines together to be an art form uh, is really important for me. Right. Because you can have a great fight sequence, but then if the audio is bad, it takes you out of the element, right. In the same tune, you can have a really, really bopping soundtrack, but then the show is really bad. And so it just really falls flat. It's kind of wasted on a bad show. Right. And so I think when I watch, I really want to see that cohesive vision of uh, visuals and sound and imagery and all of that. I'm excited that you latched onto the idea so much and that I did end up telling you about it so that we could form this uh, this new podcast. I'm really excited to talk about our first uh, our first show that we're going to be watching here, and I hope that you guys uh, are looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have, too. I'm also excited. I'm I'm sad we didn't start it three, four years ago when we met, but here we are now, and we can't make Hindsight's up the last 2020, time. so let's, let's get into this discussion. Uh, this is our first episode today. We're going to be covering a show called Alcatraz that we talked about in uh, very briefly in the teaser. Um, we're going to kind of jump into the show and break it down, talk about some of the character development, things like that. Um, if you want to watch the show before you listen to this and hear what we say about it, please stop now, watch the show, come back to this, and then join us when you're ready. 
Yeah, I mean, there's going to be perpetual spoilers for every single episode of this podcast, just for the record going forward. And we'll probably mention this at the start of each episode, but it is worth mentioning, especially as our inaugural episode, uh, our first foray, if you will, into the season ones of television. Um, And I know that I am crazy excited to be finally uh, taken on this podcast. As I mentioned, uh, this has kind of been six years in the making for me. uh, And it's been a couple weeks in the making for Andrew joining me as my partner, which makes me happy to no end. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, excited to be involved in this. Um, I'm excited to disagree a lot and argue, um, <laughs> as our friends as our friends like to uh, like to note. Uh, we tend to argue about a lot, um, and hopefully, it's entertaining. It's not for them. Friendly arguments, though. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's all in good fun. It's all it for is the all sake of learning and growing. You know, yeah. I'd rather us have meaningful criticism and conversation That's than right. just be like, "Yeah, it was great," and a podcast. You know. That's right. I mean, good friends challenge each other, right? Yeah, they push each other to grow and to learn and to exactly. and to convince them that the show that you just spent a you know uh, thirteen hours of your life wasting yeah. uh, away with is actually a banger and not terrible. Wasting away is exactly how I would say it. Um, <laughs> we're, we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah, we can't start too early. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, but just a quick kind of uh, yeah, synopsis. Give us a little brief. Right? Yeah, just kind of a quick look into the show. Um, it is a 2012 show. It aired one season, obviously, um, from January to May, um, starring Sarah Jones, Jorge Garcia, Sam Neill, and Parminder Nagra. Um, oh, is that how you say her name? I was trying to figure it out. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good I'm, name. I'm like sure that. I probably butchered the accent a little bit, uh, but I'm not going to yeah. try to put on an Indian accent because that's <laughs> no worries appropriate when we have her on as a guest she can really pronounce it for yeah, us yeah exactly it'll be, it'll be great exactly um and I believe it was on Fox if I remember it correctly. was on it did air on Fox yeah got it yeah so essentially the plot 1963 um Alcatraz closed um that happened in real life it was very unsafe both for the guards and for the prisoners a lot of really bad things happened a lot of podcasts have covered and shows and documentaries have covered like all the bad things that have happened there basically it was unsafe shut down um, all of the inmates and the guards disappeared. On March 21st, 1963, Alcatraz officially closed. All the prisoners were transferred off the island. Only that's not what happened. Not at all. Rebecca, our lead character, she's a detective. She partners with an Alcatraz scholar, uh, Dr. Diego Soto, played by Jorge Garcia, and a federal agent who play, who's played by Sam Neill. Um, they call him Hauser. Who has been part of this investigation from the start. Yes. He, he was there in 1963 and is now uh, substantially older, you know, being Sam Neill, uh, and has been heading up this task force as uh, these inmates now start to reemerge unceremoniously one day they just begin to appear um unbeknownst to why or how or what the heck is going on and most importantly they have not aged a day it is instantaneous for these inmates where they were in 1963 and now they're in 2012 and so so the premise of the the the, like kind of the show here is they're trying to undercover this conspiracy what happened to all these people and stop some of these criminals because there's some pretty bad people on alcatraz and they're coming back and they're repeating their old behavior because now they're out and they're still terrible people so they're 
trying to kill people and you know do their thing um so they're trying to stop them figure out what's going on why all of this stuff happened and you just go along for the ride with them and i think part of the interesting thing is that there's it they show not just the modern stuff but the stuff from 1963 the backstory of these inmates why they were in alcatraz potentially uh what crimes they were committing and mostly the time that they were in the prison interacting with one another which i think has some like cool crossover there's like a part in episode six where you see a earlier freak out of one of the inmates mm-hmm. when he's having a conversation with his wife at like the visiting window and then you see him in his cell watching the guy like throw the chair and i like that kind of like these people were interacting and know each other to a degree which i think adds a fun little like extra thing you know in crime procedural tv shows you don't you know criminals don't it's one criminal and yeah. then it's the next criminal you yeah. know it's there's no inter- interplay there you don't know their story you don't get to know who they were they're just a bad person and their job is the the detective's job is to stop them and that's pretty much it um so that's that's actually one thing that i will say i liked about the show and i'm taking us there already because i'm ready to i'm okay. ready to Let's talk into about it. it um yeah. one of the things i really did enjoy was those flashbacks i really liked how okay. it built character like focused on character development for yes. the the quote unquote bad guys, right? They're not all necessarily bad. I mean, it's it's kind of convoluted and complicated. Watch the show to find out. Um, but that was interesting to me. It was they they took these bad people or these sub characters and they like fleshed out their identities and everything, and they kind of folded that into the way things are now. And that was one of the things I thought was good. I think that the character development for in, in showing who the characters were for those criminals was better than the people who are actually the leads in the show. We didn't really get to see anything. Yeah, so you feel like other than, I think like Rebecca's the one kind of like caveat to that maybe that you might say, but like, I, you know, you're you're shaking your head at me Not and people really. on the podcast can't see that. Okay, so let's, here, let's, let's cite an example so our, the audience actually knows what the hell we're talking about. So uh, one of the episodes follows a serial poisoner right he he likes to poison people Mm -hmm. and he is very flippant and very arrogant and he his whole thing is that he doesn't like bullies so he poisons people that bully him basically and he goes around finding jobs to find people to poison basically right and in the flashbacks we learn through therapy with with a doctor character that he doesn't like bullies because they basically like destroyed his life and literally exploded his genitals which is like horrible to say Mm, but it's like he he we learned this like how he was in love with this young lady that tricked him into going to on this date and then getting naked and then they threw firecrackers at him like that's a sad thing and you can think about the 1950s when this was like supposedly happening that that would really mess someone up right that that could really like and, and i think that's the characterization you're talking about where you have a character that has an interesting backstory, an interesting method of killing that's very specific, uh, an interesting rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the people that are going after him and it's like, nothing, you know, you, like you're saying, it's, it's a little bit of a, a white wall. Yeah. Talk about, you know, what you're thinking in that. So realm. yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I thought that was phenomenal how they showed like these really bad things happen and they were really creative about how these people expressed their trauma through how they killed or whatever. Right. Like being creative about killing is weird and that's kind of weird to get props for, but in the show, right. Cause we're yeah, talking we're not about it as killing, but it is right. We're talking fiction, about so it as gonna... a work of fiction and everything. Yeah. Like they were really creative about how, these terrible people were um you know you watch svu it's all the same it's really sad but um it was the character development that was missing for the actual leads in the show like 
it just wasn't there. Like Rebecca didn't have the most and it really wasn't much. All she found out, spoiler, was that her grandpa was like kind of a bad, but also a good dude, but a bad dude. Like it was such a, we don't get to know because the show was canceled. Right. But her development was like figuring out that, I don't know, her family was tied to it and learning about her family a little bit more, um, which was weak as hell. And then Hauser was like stoic. They almost tried, I feel like they tried to copy, Do you have you ever watched NCIS? They tried to copy like Gibbs. You know, Gibbs hmm. is very stoic. He's very quiet. He's a leader. Okay. He's strong. And I think I feel like they tried to copy him, but they did a really shitty job doing it. Um, so, and so here's what I'll say, right? So, so I do not disagree that the characters did not have sufficient backstory. That's good. Right? Like that is it's factually correct. Clear. What I will disagree about is I think that for you that that ruins also the interplay of these characters. No chemistry. Zero chemistry between the characters. And I disagree. It was so bad. So talking about this interplay, right? We have Emerson Hauser, who is played by Sam Neill, and he is very cold, has a very uh, stoic personality, as you mentioned, right? And you're saying like it's evocative of other characters uh, in in other crime shows or even other shows generally, right? But to me, it makes sense because the woman that he was in love with, that he was like developing these very strong feelings for, suddenly disappears and then reappears nearly 50 years later. And he's aged. He's been going through life alone, very clearly waiting for her. And now she is back the same as ever, but he has changed so dramatically. I like that there is conflict there and that Mm -hmm. there is uh, the idea of what to do in this situation, which they talk about later on in the season. But the problem was, is that in the second episode, Lucy gets shot in the chest and is in a coma for yes. like eight more episodes. Yes. And the then show, there's the like whole, two more episodes the before the finale. She it, Right. And so like if you had seen that play out over the whole season, that would have been better. Yes, I agree. So, so I think like him being the stoic, like searching tirelessly for 50 years for this person because that's really what it was he was he was trying to find lucy and get her back because i was his love right like and you hear about like some of these things are hinted out of him traveling the world looking for he speaks fluent chinese and has gone to south america a lot all these interesting little nuances yeah you see kind of flashbacks too of their romance and stuff like that but but i just i feel like he didn't they, he was almost too stoic even around her. And I get that like he changed as a person because it came, became obsessive and all of this, but like it was still, I don't know. There was something missing for me. And I think that, I think that not getting to see them in, in the show actually be together and like not be together, be together, but you know, like have a chemistry within like between themselves in the present. Like she got shot episode two or three and then she was gone. Like that's literally like a season three or season four arc that they put into the first season. I think that's part of why it died was, was they killed off one of their main characters essentially for the entire season. And then we're like, Oh look, she's back with like a really weak, like medical Marvel that they never got around to explaining. We still, even in season one. And I get, I get that. Like I get that the idea behind the overarching piece of the show was like figuring out what the warden was doing. Yeah. But we did get, we didn't get like anything. We didn't, it was like, I could see if it was a nine season show, right? You have nine different Well, that's pieces. what they were trying to do, yeah, you right? Nine, you can tell that they were yeah, setting up for that. It, it, they have nine different pieces of like the story to tell that puts it all together to a, like a series finale. We didn't even get one piece. They were doing experiments for what? What were they, what was the, what was the aim? 
we have no idea. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is like so endemic of the way that we view these shows, right? It's because so like bad. you're right. You you're you're exactly right that they were they were they I think they bit off more than they could chew with some of the mystery that they were trying to take on. Too right? much mystery. I have no I have no doubt in my mind that the core mystery of what was happening, like how that they jumped, uh, that's what they call it in the show, and we'll call it here as well, how they jumped from 1963 to the present was understood, right? Like that they had an idea for what that was going to be because they tease it right at the, like the last shot of the series finale. Yeah, they have the board. Or season finale is that board, right? And some other things, right? Um, And we also see throughout all these flashbacks across all the episodes, the warden does something shady to every single one of these inmates Mm -hmm. in in a way that is beyond the being a terrible person kind of way and is like a I am clearly mustache twirling evil kind of way, which I loved. But and and also beyond the experiment stuff, because he does like just random shitty things to him because some of them have a genetic identifier or something that works with his experiment or something and some don't, but he still experiments on all of them. I just find it interesting because every part of the flashbacks is more interesting than the present stuff. Yeah. Except for these people from 1963 interacting with the present. And that is where I think the show in the present does its best stuff. When you see the inmates understanding what has happened to them just as much as these uh, detectives and people are figuring it out. We never get to know how they know how to use a cell phone, how to hotwire a brand new, like, 2012 car. Like, how do they have all of these skills? How do they know? So, but they but they do talk about two things, two things. Some okay. guy told them something when they came back. That's literally so it. Mad. It's so No, I'm not mad. It's just yet. so, it's just, it, there's nothing there. I have nothing to bite on to go like, oh, that makes sense. They're literally just like, drop drop these things happened here you go have fun so lucy speaks to it towards the end of the show right where she's saying it it, you can get used to the idea of a record now not being a record and being a cassette tape or being an ipod or whatever right like and and so they kind of hand wave that a little bit so i'm going to say that one thing it's like technology like they had telephones in the 60s they had airplanes they had cars these aren't abstract concepts and the fact that they've gotten slimmer and smaller shouldn't be like that crazy different you are right, though, that we don't ever see them, like, embracing it. The other thing is that in later episodes, we find out that these prisoners have now been here for weeks, months, a long time, mm-hmm. which gives them ability to integrate into our world. They even say, like, it's going to be harder to catch them because they're not going to stick out like sore thumbs being from the 60s anymore. Yeah. Which is one of the ways that Rebecca catches one of them earlier. Yeah. If you recall in my favorite episode, which is the uh, the Ames Brothers episode, it, it was their Halloween episode, I remember. Yeah. Um, that was actually a pretty was, decent episode. Yeah. It's like it's like a um, kind of a, a, a bottle episode, I'll call it, because mm-hmm. it all takes place on Alcatraz totally. proper. And uh, it's these two brothers that were in prison together and a guard who was helping them, which I think it creates an interesting wrinkle, mm-hmm. trying to seek out Confederate gold that was supposedly hidden on the island. And so they show up in the middle of the night on a thunderstorm. And one of the ways that Rebecca discovers that she's being misled by a supposed park ranger is because he says something that only somebody from the 60s would say. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's an interesting kind of play to it. But I agree with you that there's, you know, some subtle differences that are hand waved away for the sake of convenience rather than uh, being explained more thoroughly. Well, yeah, it's just they they do. Yes, kind of. I mean, I guess they're quote unquote rehabilitated to be like a little bit easier to, to chameleon into now like today's society. But it really still feels like the snap of a finger. Like I, I, I could like a gun would be different. 
how to use some of the weapons and and I you see them which is interesting you see them like uh, there's a sniper the guy who like shoots Lucy he goes and finds his rifle like the rifle that he wanted he hunts that down which I think was interesting and I I think I just wish I would have seen a little more of that like they understood technology on a level where they're like using a cell phone like yes they had phones but they turned the dial and all of that they would look <laughs> at it and they'd be like what is this what is this thing? I have no idea. But what is they're this not do? cavemen. But like, they, kind they, of, like, they are people. 50 years of technology is so different. Anyways, that was just one of the things is it, it just was very like snap. You're just assimilated into 50 years from now. And like, Hey, you know, the amount of technology that it took to, to send someone to space is nothing now. And you just assimilated into it in two weeks, I think is a bit of a stretch to me. I think that's fair. I think the the show plays with some fun concepts around that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think the whole point of this podcast, and maybe like th- this show in particular, but I think a lot of these episodes that we're going to be talking about in these shows is that a lot of times the reach just succeeds the grasp. 100%. Where they clearly had 10 great ideas and they should have focused on maybe two or three of them instead of all 10 of them. Yeah. Right? Because in each individual story, you get some really cool uh, crime drama, some really interesting story structure things, especially the flashbacks, which we will continue yeah. to praise because they are universally really, really. That good was the best part of the show. Yeah. It, it really is. Um, but then you take it a little too far, right? So one of the concepts that they introduce about halfway through the series is that the inmates, the prisoners that these uh, that they're catching, are all in like perfect health, right? Mm-hmm. And we discover that it's because they have uh, trace amounts of colloidal silver in their in their yeah. blood. Only some of them do, though, right? And uh, it, this is a real thing. Colloidal silver is a real thing. There's actually a man, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, Andrea, that uh, took so much colloidal silver that it turned his skin blue. He's like this, he looks like a Smurf kind of thing. This is a real thing. Wow. I'm not, this, you can Google this for our audience at home. I do not know the details, but it's a real thing. Anyway, uh, basically we find out that uh, this colloidal silver was put into some of the inmates, potentially to strengthen them, potentially to do some other things with them that are kind of mysterious and that are left open to Human us. Human experiment, um, 60s kind of thing. Ex- exploit right? prisoners and things to to test science. I mean, it's... So you have yeah. that in the background of like this other jumping to the present thing. And then you also have the weird Dr. Beauregard, who is the male doctor in the show, who is in the present and in the past. And we never explain how he got to the present as much as you explain mm-hmm. anything, right? And I think that's where it's really missing things is, is, is it has too many ideas that aren't explained enough, right? And in the process of trying to keep those ideas fresh and explain them, you miss out on a lot of the character development that you could have had. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, like I was saying, like those bits and pieces of, of piecing the whole thing together to finally get to a, like a season nine or whatever season finale, like they could have slowly taken those concepts and built on them and fleshed things out to be more interesting. Cause to me, like by the third episode, I was like, okay, I get the, I get the like copy paste situation that's going on here. And like the overarching story wasn't gripping because they were just trying to do too much. Rebecca's granddad, he's one of, he was one of the prisoners and he was like infiltrating or something. I, it's again this is just we'll never know exactly what they were trying to do because it was canceled but he was like working with the warden he was kind of a plant and also was working with uh his brother which is which is rebecca's uncle um to to like find the gold i think with the warden or something like that but again we don't know so so this is interesting right because i have a completely different read of the situation because of the ambiguity that it creates in the show I think that you're right that the warden was trying to use Tommy Madsen, who is uh, Rebecca's grandfather, right. as a, as a key part, a, a key player, right? But 
then Tommy Madsen betrayed him. And that's why a lot of the things are happening the way they had. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners at home who have not watched this show, this is going to be a little abstract. So I don't want to get too into the weeds with like this kind of conversation. No. But I will say that that, again, is some of the interesting stuff. We start to see in the last three episodes of the show, the prisoners interacting in the modern era after the events of like the, the jump have happened. We mm-hmm. see three very distinct uh, prisoners that had interplay interact with one another and that again is the really interesting stuff because we do not know why these prisoners know what's going on why Mm -hmm. they know what to do or uh who is on whose side right because clearly even separate from our main cast on the side of getting these prisoners back into prison there is these two sides of the alcatraz inmates right the people uh that are trying to do something and the people that are trying to do something else you're right that they don't flesh it out enough for us to care but it's still interesting. I still I still am curious, and to this day I will be curious for the rest of my life, I guess, about what these prisoners are trying to do, what the ultimate meaning of it was. And I think that's what like a lot of this uh, this podcast is going to be about is exploring those ideas, right? Like what could they have done with this show? Why why did it have to end when it did? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said I kind of already mentioned it. Like Lucy's Lucy's whole like get shot coma whatever that could have been like a season three arc you know what i'm saying that's what i'm talking about all these little pieces where they just tried to like shove everything into 12 12 or 13 episodes right. they could have spread some of that out and and just fleshed things out and i think it would have been a lot more successful so the ratings january 16th 2012 it premiered they had 10 million viewers by the time okay. it ended in march the finale had four so point, three months later yeah three months later 4.75 million it literally dropped so, over half, half like 55 60 yeah. percent in viewership um so clearly my sentiment and my understanding <laughs> of how bad the show was was shared with more people than with you um so boom i win no i'm just kidding no but but <laughs> but see i think i think that just like i think that for me it was just hard to grasp what am i what what's keeping me watching the show other than I need to record episode one with Presley. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. I was literally, I had to rewatch a couple of the episodes a few times. I was watching in the middle of the day. I am not a napper. I fell asleep. Wow. I that's, fell asleep. That's impressive. And, and I do not find the show to be boring though. It, it, of all the things well, that you could levy against it, I do not think the show is boring. It wasn't boring. It was just like, I don't know. It was like after a couple episodes, I was like, all right, now I understand what's going to happen. There was nothing that really like shocked me or th- threw, me f- uh, you know, nothing really kind of surprised me, I guess. It was just like, oh yeah, there's another guy, he's back. You know, he's got the blood and he's uh, he's special too. Um, and then he talks about how, you know, he, you, you see his connection to the warden, which arguably is the best part of the show. Um, the okay. warden and the flashbacks and their development and all of that. Um, and and I, I think that, again, talking about the character development, showing how they, like you mentioned before, how they all interact with each other, how they interacted with each other back then. And then there's little snippets where they see each other and they're like, yeah. Hey, so clearly they're, they're like, they're, they're brought back or they're, they, they've jumped, but they're not like in the same room, sitting at a conference room table, like talking about, all right, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. They're, they're compartmentalized basically as if there's like, I imagine that they've got like, 
another prison somewhere where they just like threw mm. everybody in and they're just pulling them out like copy paste Alcatraz somewhere else right in the desert see or this something. is good this is this should be the fan theory portion of the right. podcast where we think what where we speculate on what actually was going right on. so I, I think that they they took all these people and and obviously they were tracking them right so we don't know what that's about but they were tracking them for some reason I think it may have to do with if they were I think it was if they were betrayed if someone betrayed them and took the gold, which it seems like that's the, that's the, like the goal was to get the gold. Um, but also not because it seems like only a few but people the warden knew had the gold. and the warden had the gold. So like what's going on with the gold. Some people tried to steal it. The warden has it. What's he doing with it? There's also the medical shit. I don't know. So anyways, but I think that they, they like jumped them all into like this prison like cryo freezed or I don't know, whatever technology and then brought them back periodically. But why? So why did they bring them this, back? Precisely. Right. So I think that it is genuinely like a, a temporal time jump, right? Like that they, the, there's no cryogenics here. There's no weird science. Like it, it's science, but it's like, you know, sci-fi science. It's not real science. Right. And, and so that they, they basically snap your fingers and they are taken to some place, right? Like you're saying, but we also know that where they reappear, quote unquote, where they, where they become conscious of the fact that they've now entered this world is a in different places mm-hmm. and b is like basically teleported into place yeah. the first person that we meet uh, is a prisoner called J- named jack sylvain and he just wakes up in one of the alcatraz prison cells and people think there he's like just napping in there mm-hmm. right we know that paxton petty who comes along later wakes up in the crypt where he had stored a lot of his bombs right we know that guy hastings the the first guard that comes back wakes up in his house on Alcatraz, right? So clearly they weren't like being placed there by some mysterious force because then we would see evidence of that. Yes, right. right. Here's Mm -hmm. a, we, they're just stamping fingers. They are magically appearing there, right? We also know that they have like some post-hypnotic suggestions going on. I'm getting to the why. You have to be patient. (laughs) We know that there's some post-hypnotic suggestions or some nonsense there because Jack Sylvain, unmotivated, goes to a guy named Barkley Flynn's house, kills Barkley Flynn, and takes a key that he has in a safe. He does not know why he needs to get that key, but he knows he he in his head knows that he needs to do it. Right. Right. So there are factors at play that we are not told because they didn't they had too many ideas. Well, it was like we, he told me we, to do it. Like they, that was a recurring thing with with the keys. It was like he told me to do it. That's what the guy. That's because he he was like, uh, what was it Jack Sullivan in the first episode was like begging yeah. Rebecca to kill him because he didn't want to act. And he clearly had no agency or not enough agency. So he was being held hostage or something or controlled in some way. And I guess that could speak to the the colloidal silver thing. I mean, it's interesting to talk about, but like it was a, it was a show 10 years ago and it was bad. So like, why do I need to talk about it? (laughs) I'd rather talk about good shows and theorize how they could have changed it. You realize we're never going to watch a good show, Yeah, right? 100%. Okay. I just um, want to make sure that that well, had sunk in for not only you, but also for our yeah. listeners. Yeah. Well, if they well choose actually, to join us for we are going to watch some good shows. We are going to watch some good shows. We're not going to spoil it, but there actually are some very, very, very good shows that only like went Alcatraz. one season, namely not Alcatraz. <laughs> um, but you'll get to that later, and I'm not going to spoil it. You guys are probably already thinking of one, and someday. We'll get to we'll it. We'll get to it. I have a... Uh, you know, I have another thought. I agree with you as we, as we've mentioned that 
there was not enough backstory given to our primary principal characters. I really, really like the character of Diego Soto, who's who is played by uh, what's who who is he played by Jorge, Jorge Garcia. Mm-hmm. Jorge Garcia. Uh, some of you may remind remember him as Hurley from Lost. Is it Hurley? Yes, it is Hurley. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's this comic book nerd that loves Alcatraz. Right? We haven't really talked about him, so I want to dig into him mm-hmm. for ten two minutes here. Comic book guy loves Alcatraz. Very insecure hinted at that he may have been kidnapped and or abused as a child he was kidnapped. which is obviously terrible but it also empowers him in some really interesting episodes mm-hmm. and in some interesting ways about the way that he has kind of been in this arrested development and is now growing out of it mm-hmm. um and also creates this fun tension amongst him and hauser right hauser being this kind of strict by the books fbi guy who has mm-hmm. spent his whole life dragging these and then you have this I don't want to say happy-go-lucky because that's not the right attitude, but this, uh, you know, affable, friendly uh, comic book nerd who loves Alcatraz, who is just trying to help in any way that he can Mm -hmm. amongst these kind of criminals. I would so much rather have that dynamic of the two of them arguing and trying to figure what's happening and um, working off of two opposites working off of each other than... You know, you mentioned NCIS before. I'm sure we'll talk about other crime procedural shows where everyone is just getting along and there never seems to be any interpersonal drama and uh, most of the characters are kind of wet blankets. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's some discourse between them and, and they obviously have such opposing personalities, which was interesting, but it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough you, for me. You just feel like everything was was too shallow. Yeah, it just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough of like a... Of like, like there was some, there were some moments where you would have like Rebecca and Hauser talking and chopping it up and kind of like having a little bit of a discourse or a conversation or whatever. And then you would, you would see, um, doc is what they call, uh, Jorge Garcia. Yeah, Cause he's a doctor. Character. Cause he's he has like a doctorate really dude. Um, in yeah. criminology and, and et cetera. Um, and so you see Doc and Hauser having kind of, you know, some discourse and some conversations and, and some of that development. And then you also obviously see Rebecca and Doc because they're partners, basically, um, yeah. having some conversation. But you really don't get a huge group dynamic. It's it's compartmentalized. Mm. And I think that's part of what pulls it away for me from being like good developmentally or like like that chemistry being missing is you don't get them all in the room very much having conversations yeah. like like doc all of a sudden is also just a, a wizard at this proprietarily built technology that lucy uses to track all these people like yeah they he, have like a super government super computer, computer and they, he just yeah. like learns it overnight like yeah he has a doctorate in criminology and it and whatever but there's no way he would have learned that that quick anyways snap of the finger just magic everything makes sense now um, well we're also but, led to believe that the show takes place over a period of months if not like weeks and months yes right yeah. and you're right that it is in the in the parlance of tv right yeah. where from episode he knows nothing to the next episode he's a professional that always you gotta suspend your disbelief like, yeah. for like 10 minutes yeah but, but i agree with you that th- there's a lot of convenient right a lot of convenient stuff that happens and yes it happens in a show they can't you know it's not it's not two hour episodes where they show this person like sitting at night learning how to code or learning how to like use this technology or this like that would be really that would be also canceled television the age-old uh joke uh, that a lot of people make is like why you never see anyone go to the bathroom in movies right, right? it's like you know right. it's like because it's not interesting right, right? that's what our lives are exactly like, right? and no one wants to watch television to watch someone live their life normally even reality television right. it's, it's not escapism. normal it's escapism we want to like right. get into the gossip Precisely. of someone else's life and whatever but but so that chemistry between the group was just 
severely missing. And I think that like they were all very, very intriguing, interesting characters. They they definitely had, I think, a good solid platform for some development, but we just didn't get to see enough of it. And, you know, maybe they had like a 24 episode season planned or 20 maybe we missed some of like where they were going with it and fox was just like yeah this is bad guys we're just done right we don't know maybe there was more that we were supposed to see that kind of ramped it up and would have done it for me um yeah you know we don't know but but that group dynamic too is just not there you always Mm -hmm. had like um Rebecca and Doc sitting there talking and talking and talking and then and then Hauser would go in his room with the nerds quote unquote and like or what did they go into what, what did Doc call the room the bat cave the bat cave within the bat cave right because they're in like a cave on Alcatraz themselves yeah they've got like their little their little lab and, and then there's like a up. door without a handle where exactly. more people are working with Hauser that are more like seismologists exactly and like spatial engineers or i just made that up but yeah but basically like, like they're, they're just doing. like high level engineers that are super smart and you they're know. trying to figure out the mechanisms of how the quote-unquote jump happened right they're they're trying to understand you know rebecca is clearly the capture kind of uh you know the animal control and these folks are clearly the uh you know the scientists figuring out what's going on to either prevent it or to yeah. figure out what's going on to undo it who knows yeah. so they had all the ingredients for like a really good meal but it just didn't cook it right. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't cook it right. Like, too much of one element, not enough yeah, of this. Right? Yeah, you yeah. know, there's like okay. just way too much salt in this, not enough salt here, all mixed bad. Like, I, you know, it just, it didn't quite hit. Um, it was the, and I think one of the big things for me was that missing group dynamic. You didn't have them round table yeah. or like powwowing, whatever, together talking about what's going on what what do we think here all the theories they just kind of very quickly like oh this person's here this person's here this person's here this 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 is the way this person is thinking and it's like yes doc had a lot of insight because he studied these people for a lot of his life and so like i get that that would be quote unquote convenient and it's not because he did the work before we got to the show which that i have no problem with but like all of all yeah, of I don't the, want to see an episode of him writing his God, like thousand no. page book, right? You no, know, that's that wouldn't be that's like that's like a bonus episode that no one watches because it's not related to the show <laughs> and it's boring. Um, but but yeah, that that missing group dynamic, I think, for me, really was was one of the key components of why I just wasn't that interested in it. So okay, well, you know, we're getting towards the end of our discussion here. I want to hear from you one good thing that isn't <laughs> the flashbacks, and one bad thing about the show that you would say if you were genuinely recommending it. I want your honest, like, here's a good thing, here's a bad thing, and here's my overall recommendation. Okay, one of the really good things, one of the things I really liked about it was I basically had never heard of any of the actors in the entire show like obviously sam neill and obviously jorge garcia everyone else quote-unquote nobodies right like people i had never they're not right they're people and and they're great they're all phenomenal though like i had never heard of a single one of them and they delivered like all of the prisoners were like super dynamic and like just really really played into their roles well and so like a lot of the acting was really good well, I bet you that you cannot name the act or not the actors, but like the characters that they were playing. You can remember every single one of their crimes and what they did. Yeah. Like if I mentioned like, oh, who is this guy? You could tell me. I've watched this show several times. You have only watched it the once. You know, if I told you who Clarence Montgomery was, you could probably remember who that was. He was and the guy like, who oh, kidnapped. Oh, this is what right? happened. The kidnapper? No. 
See, yeah, I slept through half the show because awesome. it was bad. Okay. Um, uh, no, no, no. So <laughs> I, I like how I so, just disproved my own You point. really did. You really did. It's okay, though. But, but like, the acting of, of these these people that they, they seemingly pulled out of nowhere was phenomenal. So casting was actually great. I think that I think that all of the characters were cast very well. Yeah. Um, They're playing the roles that they should be playing. Yeah, yeah. Not, there's right. no, like, egregious, like, what are you doing in this show? Like, literally, why are you choices. in this show? No, right. yeah. because they were all cast very well. So I would say that's, that's like, a like a, like a point for the there's show is the is okay. my one positive. Not really the one. I, I mentioned it a little bit. You have um, a couple positives. But We've talked about them, yeah. Unsurmountingly more negatives than positives. But... Okay, so give me, like, the... Give me the... Uh, the final like the nail in the list. coffin for why it's negative right like the no don't give me a bunch right because yeah. we've gone over them i want to hear like this is this x reason is why i do not recommend this show to people and it can be one you said or a different one zero direction in the show for me it was okay. it, like i mentioned before a few times like having like way too like trying to bite or t- bite way more than they can chew just okay. take on way too much at the onset yeah. of the show it just pulled things in too many different directions while not tying any of it to each other well enough for me to go like oh okay i see how this all folds into each other that was my biggest my biggest concern or biggest negative i think that's a uh a fair criticism you know if i was going to do the same if i was going to give a positive and a negative i i think that your point to the actors being it is like a huge positive Mm -hmm. because like Everybody does a great job, and this they do have some sleeper now quite famous actors in this show. Um, being like Rami Malek is one of the uh, is one of the villains, and his is actually one of my favorite episodes because he is like the most messed up. Um, but he like is really compelling because you are very sympathetic to his character. Um, and he is like a cold blooded murderer and it's so it, it, they do a great job and he sells it right you feel like he is crazy because that is the way that the show is making him feel mm-hmm. right and, and i i really i i think you you stated it extremely well i i think the biggest downside is the i i think you're right that the lack of the backstory and uh compelling reasons to care about our main cast of characters not the inmates the inmates do they mm-hmm. do a great job just really uh, causes uh, this show to suffer. I still love this show, though. Yeah, I'm smiling I because I, I think it's a fun show, right? And I think that's kind of what it comes down to, right? It, it, is we might look for different things in shows, you and I, um, and our audience may look for different things in shows. I like crime procedurals okay, but they are very stagnant and stale for me, and it's very hard for me to find a good one. Mm-hmm. So having one with a unique premise that feels like a good idea that they just couldn't quite stick the landing on yep. is fun. And that fleshes out the villains more, you know, it should flesh out both the villains and the antagonist or the protagonist and the antagonist just as equally. Hmm. But this show does justice to the people that it should by showing, you know, the, the darker sides of their humanity and why they do what they do. Um, so are we giving number scores? Are we giving thumbs up, thumbs down? We're, we're going to have Ooh. this uh, discussion live on the pod so you guys can hear that we're still working on this uh, format. We're still exploring, and we want to hear from you guys about how you like it. But, I Andrew, think, what do you think we should I do? I think a star rating out of five. Star rating out star of five. Rating are we allowed to award zero, or is like one the minimum? You can award zero. If it's a okay, shit so show, zero through five. you can definitely do zero. Um, I do not think that this show is a zero. No, no, no. No. Okay, that's good. No, I'm just thinking, uh, taking everything into account, I'd have to say probably a two out of five. Two out of five. Okay. Two out of five. 
So below average, right? Because we need to say that like three is an average score and is not a bad score. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three is passable for a canceled show, right? Like, yeah, yeah three, three is. I think good. here's the way that we can set up this metric, right? Just so the audience at home knows, right? Three is like probably could have had another season and if had refined these things could have continued to be a good show. Four and fives, four is like, you know, this shouldn't have been canceled. It was good enough. Not the best show ever made. And then five is like, should be criminal that this thing was canceled. Like, is an abomination. I, I mm-hmm. like, and then two on the other side is like, it deserved to be canceled, but had some redeemable qualities. One is definitely cancel it. It is not worth our time or energy or anything. And then zero is like the bottom of the barrel. Worst of the worst. Nothing at all redeemable about them ever. Zero is how did they even get the resources to put together a pilot episode? Right. Like yeah. how did it, or even if they made a pilot episode, why did anyone decide? To why did anyone green light? Yeah. Okay. So, so you're giving it a two. I'm giving it a two. There were, there were some, it was passable. It was a, it was a show. I know I harped on it pretty hard here. Um, Remember, which, two means that you think that it still should have been canceled. Yeah, no, I definitely think it still should okay, have been canceled. Okay, that's fair. I, I just um, am re- reiterating. Yeah. I think that it is solidly a three. Okay. I think this is a great show for us to start on because it, it created some good conversations. I think that there are a lot of interesting things here, and I think if they were given another season, like you're saying, if they had had 24 episodes instead mm-hmm. of 12 episodes to really flesh these things out, you know, and yep. they had another equally long season, there could have been some really cool little nuances and uh, explorations that they could have done. Yeah. They missed the mark. If it had been renewed, it would have been awesome. It was canceled, which is a bummer, but it, I, I'm going to give it a three. You're giving it a two. I think both valid uh, choices. Uh, we would still love to hear, though, uh, from our listeners. If you've watched the show, tell us what number score you think in the comments. Get in the comments, as I like to say. Uh, or, you know, just tell us if you decided you didn't want to watch the show based on our conversation about it because some of you may have wanted to some of you may not have wanted to yeah i want you to tell me why i'm wrong i want to hear it i want to have discourse i would love to hear why we're wrong uh yeah yeah i mean i I would love to hear your guys' opinions um it definitely is not i mean it's subjective right everybody has their own opinion like obviously presley and and i disagree on the show still like this show at the end yeah there were i was one of them there were surprisingly (laughs) still an amount of people that finished this show and um and someone out there is going to stumble across this podcast and go this was the best show ever and i'm going to fight you andrew i'm going to fight you on this and let's get into it or this was the worst show or it was the worst show you were and at presley bro yeah you need to get it together (laughs) yeah taste is so subjective you're right and and so i think uh, you know, if I was going to recommend it, I would say give it a watch. See if you like it. You'll know within three episodes if you like this show. Yeah. Um, because once you get to like the third or fourth episode, the formula doesn't really change that much because it is a crime procedural yes. show. We must yes. not forget. Um, but it has some fun things. And some of the later episodes, especially with the inmates, really flesh out these really cool concepts, do some really interesting things that other shows haven't really done yet. So, you know, I, I like it. I would encourage other people's if they listen to this, spoiling all of it mm. and want to watch mm-hmm. it and be spoiled on that, do it. And if you've seen it, you know, maybe you'll, uh, you know, you'll think of a new thing because of our conversation, which would make me happy. I gave it a two out of five. I'm on the fence about whether you should watch it or not. Um, forced to have an, uh, forced to choose. I'm saying don't watch it. Okay. That's, hey, we're, we're allowed to say, this is our platform. We can say whatever we want yeah. about these shows. Uh, I love this show. Uh, get at me in the comments. And uh, I just want to thank our listeners so much for listening in to our very first episode 
Uh, this is going to be the first of many and a long list of shows to come, which you can find on our website, season1pod.com. And right now, I have already chosen our next show. Andrew does not know about this, so I'm going <laughs> to reveal it live on the podcast to him. Andrew, are you ready? I, after Alcatraz, I'm not sure, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this is not a show that I have personally seen. Oh, this will be um, good. I wanted us... So we, you know, Alcatraz from 2012, a much older show, one of the original ideas of this podcast and why we wanted to do it as our first episode. This new show, recently canceled show, Ooh. is a live action remake of an anime, oh, something that we know is always a terrible idea, <laughs> which we'll talk is. about uh, on our next episode. But we are going to be watching the Netflix live action Cowboy Bebop Cowboy show. Bebop. I knew it. As soon as you said it was a, a, live, <laughs> a live version of, of a, an anime show, I knew. I knew it. Cowboy Bebop. Yes. So... It is on Netflix still. I, I double-checked this. They confirmed that it was canceled, and they're not doing a season two. Um, now, Cowboy Bebop, as an anime, is one of my favorite things in the whole world. And if you haven't watched it, for anyone listening to this, or Andrew, you guys should watch it, because it's really one of the best animes ever made. Um, this show is going to be bad, and I can't wait for it. I'm excited. I I did sleep through some of Alcatraz, and I had to rewatch it, as I <laughs> mentioned. But I am still <laughs> excited to watch new shows. Because I know there be. are diamonds in the rough, and I know we're no, going to find, find them, a lot of them. And I am excited to be excited about a show. <laughs> hey, let's do it. Um, so if you all want to tune in uh, for our next episode, uh, watch that show. So we will not be spoiling it for you, or let us spoil it for you, whatever you'd prefer. Like we said, we're going to be watching the live-action Cowboy Bebop Netflix adaptation, which I believe is a remake of the original. We'll find out, uh, and I'll tell Andrew if it was on our episode. Uh, so that's going to be the end of our first episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Andrew, where can they find uh, more about us and more information and more episodes for the future? You can find us at season underscore one underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, you can search us season one podcast as well as season one pod.com. Yeah, that's where we're going to be posting our episodes. Uh, we also uh, are going to have our schedule of shows that we're going to be watching up there. So if you kind of want to watch ahead in advance of episodes coming out, uh, we will be posting some some there. So you'll see at least a couple weeks in advance. Uh, that way you can, you know, oh, I've already watched that show. Let me watch the one that's coming out in, in the next couple weeks here. Uh, we're, we're really excited to be engaged with you all and to start this fun journey uh, down the season of uh, canceled television shows. Well, thank you again so much for listening. My name is Presley. My name is Andrew, and we watched it so you don't have to.